Welcome into the Sports Objective. I'm Dave Richmond, along with my buddy from the great state of Connecticut, Matt Semenza. What's up, Dave? How you doing, man? Feels like it's been a long time since we've done a show. Yeah, I'm a little sad right now because I'm a huge Elvis fan. His daughter, Lisa Marie, just passed away, age 54. You know, that's that's young, man. That's young. And um, so I'm sad, but we have a lot of happy things to talk about, but our thoughts and prayers to Priscilla and the whole family and... uh, it's kind of a shocker. You don't expect uh, somebody that age, you know, and that's right. Uh, I'm getting ready to be 50 in April. So that's, she's only four years older than me. So that getting knocks like that really hits home, you know, about that. But yeah. Um, anyway, before I wanted to mention that before we, uh, if you're watching live, then you probably already know about it, but if you're not watching live, you definitely know about it. Um, but we, we talk more than sports here on the sports objective. And it reminds you, uh, how important life really is. And Matt, speaking of important, uh, we wanted to do this show. Uh, we took a week off, but we wanted to show do, do the show tonight because we've got a lot to talk about. And we're going to talk recruiting. We've got a lot of great things about fundraising with the Pirate Club. We have baseball, basketball. How about women's basketball winning three straight, 12 and five overall, and they're three and one in the conference. I got to tip my hat. To, uh, by the way, uh, Matt, you and I are both on defense. The defense has always been there, but man, they're finally starting to get in a rhythm of shooting. The shooting has not been there, but all of a sudden, Danae McNeil, she had another career high, by the way, 28 points. Wow. Um, so there, yesterday, it was a, a matinee game for the Pirate Lady Pirates. First time ever, by the way, brother. And uh, and how about the city of brotherly love? We've never beat Temple at Temple. Hmm. Um, so how about that? First time ever. So. I uh, just want to give some love to the Lady Pirates. I know we're going to talk deep into football, but uh, really proud of Kim McNeil and what she's building there with the program. And man, they had uh, twenty some um, Temple had twenty some turnovers by the way yesterday. Wow! Um, so that that doesn't get it done. Um, but anyway, yeah, not gonna not gonna win many games with that many turnovers. But that is great to see, and hopefully the Lady Pirates can keep it up. Yeah, tough. Uh, we'll maybe talk later in the show. Tough night last night in Cincinnati. Pirates didn't play their best. Cincinnati was just lighting them up. They had 14 threes, by the way, 10 in the first half. Matt, it was just atrocious, like we're talking about. And yeah. um, the shots were there. We just didn't make it. It was just, hey, if it's not your night. My dad would say, if my dad were watching the game with me last night, he would have said, it's not our night. You know, like, instead of getting so mad, it's not our night. You could tell that it's, we're getting creamed. We're getting crushed. And we're not being ugly to our program. We love Coach Schwartz and the players but it was just a really tough game to watch. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the bottom line for me watching that game was Cincinnati could have beaten anybody in the country last night, the way they shot the ball. I mean, they were just unconscious. Yeah. You know, you know, as a team, you might have two or three nights like that a season where you literally can't miss. And they were on fire. And then conversely, Dave, we literally we couldn't buy a basket last night. I mean, we just looked out of sync. Everything looked rushed, you know. Yeah. All of our shots from the perimeter, um, you really you didn't get the sense that our players were setting their feet. They were rushing their shots. 
right. um, just getting bad looks after bad look. And it was just an ugly game, really ugly game. You just, uh, you just have to try to find a way to move on from there. But um, wasn't fun to watch. I actually had to turn away at, at some point in the second half because it got really bad. Yeah, but uh, anyway, we'll keep uh, the next game, of course, Sunday, USF at 1 o'clock at Williams Arena, Dowdy Ficklin. Uh, Dowdy Ficklin, listen to me. <laughs> Mitchie's Coliseum, what am I talking about? Uh, get your tickets at ecpirates.com. You can call uh, 1-800-DOW-EC if you want individual game tickets. Um, but that's Sunday at 1. Let's get a big crowd in there. And um, really happy for my son, Alexander. No, Chase, your son, doing well. Both my kids, uh, their first game is on Saturday. So Saturday morning, if you hear somebody yelling, it's me because uh, I, I want to ask you this question. We'll talk uh, pirate football. You as a dad, yeah. you know how great of a player you were at ECU and you played the football and you're a great linebacker. Is it you? And I was never at that level. So let me first, I'm not comparing myself to you, but playing. The words sport, great in me were not associated, but thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I, no I, I remember you and, I, and I've seen some of those hits uh, you've shown. Um, so that, but anyway. How, to me, when I was playing, even as a young youngster, I had like butterflies, but mm. watching my kids play, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm a nerve <laughs> absolute. It is the like the best feeling to watch your kids play, but also it's so nerve wracking because you want them to score 50 points and have mm -hmm. all the tackles and all that. I don't know how you feel, but that's just the way I'm, 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 I'm a basket case. Oh yeah. No, I'm right with you. I get more excited to watch my, my kids do their thing. You know, my daughter's a dancer. I love watching her. And then my son, Chase, you know, he's a basketball, baseball player. I probably get more nervous than he does watching them. I just get excited. I get fired up and it's the best. You know, if you're, if you're a parent, there's nothing better than watching your kid play sports. Oh yeah. So uh, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm right with you. I get fired up. All right. Let's speaking of, uh, that's a great segue. Speaking of being fired up, I'm fired up. I just wanted to say, give a shout out to Mike Houston and it's great staff. Uh, one of the things I was talking about today earlier uh, at work uh, when talking about the Pirates, it doesn't matter how I feel about the current situation, about NIL, about Transfer Portal. Um, this is the this is the way the new life is of, of college football, whether I like it or not like it, don't like it. But I will have to say that I think the coaches have done a nice job of not being left behind. They're They're doing, you know, we were worried um, a couple of years ago with a transfer portal. Would that hurt the Pirates? I, I think it's been an equalizer. I really do. I think it's again a game changer. I hate that term. Um, it's overused, but I can't think of the top. I'm too tired right now to think about a better um, word. Um, but uh, for me personally, the game changer that basically we're going to lose some guys, but yet um, we're getting, I think, in other words, we're getting more than we're losing, in my opinion. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. And it's funny. I there are days where I love it. And then there are days where I absolutely hate it. Right. And, you know, because I'm always and, and as all of us are. And admittedly, my concern is East Carolina University, you know, right. so. So, you know, when when players transfer out or hit the portal, mm -hmm. you know, I don't love it, you know, but hey, when we go out and get a great player, admittedly, it's pretty awesome to see. So. Some days it works for you. Some days it works against you. Um, I definitely think that, you know, we've made some good additions mm -hmm. and we, and we've shared some things up, especially in the secondary and, and defensive. I think at linebacker, we've been able to do some really good things there with a number of transfers. But um, 
I don't know how the coaches in this day and age keep up with it, Dave. It just seems like every day in college football, there's more and more change. And I don't think it's sustainable. Um, I really don't. I think I just don't see this being the future of college football. I think you're going to see some changes to this whole process here. Uh, By the way, let's get some comments in real quick. If you have a question or comment, Facebook and Twitter, uh, Facebook and YouTube tonight, go ahead and do so. Let's give up my my good friend, Shell Powell from the Queen City, great uh, city of Charlotte. He's got a great freshman uh, son doing very well. What's up, Shell? We want to give you a shout out. How about Brandon? Let's say hello to Brandon. Uh, he remote, he's ready for February 1st, getting those season tickets for football. One of the things we're going to talk about tonight. So thank you, Brandon, for reminding everybody about that. And how about this? Our buddy B-Pace. What's up, B-Pace? Uh, significant is taking non-qualifiers. He's talking about the transfer portal. Help ECU many times equal equaling the playing field. I couldn't agree more, Pace. It's been a lot better than um, expected. And speaking of which, a better late than never. He always makes his entrance. Kyle from LaGrange. There he is. I didn't know we were doing a show, guys. I've been so out of it. What's going on, fellas? All right. We're talking about about the transfer portal and how uh, you didn't miss much. Uh, We're talking about how the transfer portal has actually helped us. You actually talked about that a couple years ago when that subject matter. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can help. I think it hurts, too. I think it does both. Um, You know, we've lost some, some, some guys to it, but we've gained a lot from it. I, I think we'll, in the long term, gain more than we'll lose. But, you know, it's a, it's a rebuild for sure. We, we lost a lot of guys to the league. Guys went to the league early. I was easier to swallow than going through the portal. But kind of is what it is. Coach Houston was on the Patrick Johnson show today on 94.3 The Game, and he makes a great point. Like I've said, um, a few years ago, we didn't have that problem of guys going to the league or potentially going to this definitely not this many. So I think it's great for the program and uh, the fact that uh, speaking of recruiting guys, uh, this is a great recruiting tool. If you come to East Carolina, we'll give you a shot, at least a cup of coffee in the NFL. If nothing, yeah, else. yeah, you get an opportunity. What are you drinking there, uh, there, uh, Matt? This would be a Kraken. Rum and uh, like a like a cranberry ginger ale. Oh, okay, that's a good good combo. Uh, and, yeah. and, and the cranberry ginger ale is also really good with crown apple. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. All right. I'll have to try that. I do like the crown apple. Yeah, that with the cranberry ginger ale is a winner. I'm starting my weekend early, fellas. With it, you know. It's Friday bit. Eve. It's okay. It's Friday Eve. No do doubt. You, do it's you work Friday tomorrow, so Matt? Do, do Do you have tomorrow off? I work tomorrow, but I work virtually. So, um, oh, okay. So, well, you yeah, you, oh, no wonder you're yeah. partying with us. No wonder you got those pirate beverages ready to rock. And we've got a lot to celebrate, guys, with uh, and Kyle, perfect timing because we wanted to uh, take the time tonight, talk some recruiting. Uh, we've had a lot of again, Kyle, you and I, hey, uh, the world is not coming to an end. Kyle and I agree on something. Um, I'm joking, but the fact that I think we're better off than we're losing some but we're gaining a lot more than we probably ever would without the portal. And uh, let's look at, uh, if you guys, you want to take offense, defense, wherever you want to start, uh, you guys are the experts. So where do you want to go uh, first to talk about the different positions? What do you want, Kyle? Uh, Honestly, guys, uh, I'm a little behind on things here this week, being a chemo week. So uh, let's let Matt take it. Uh, Let's go offense. All right. Sounds good. How about let's go over? I'm pretty good. So I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, put me in, Coach. I'm ready to play. 
Let's talk O-line because that's the one that I'm worried about the most. Uh, I think you and I, I think all of us agree on the show, we need two or three offensive linemen mm-hmm. and not just warm bodies. We need some solid play at the line, especially when you have Mason Garcia. How are things with the offensive line, my friend? Well, you look at the state of our current offensive line, I think we're better on the interior than at the tackle position, you know, definitely in terms of depth. You know, I think that's the strength of our offensive line line right now as it stands uh, is the interior. And that's not to say we don't have some talented guys that can play tackle. You know, I, I expect Parker Moore to be able to become a full-time starter, you know, this year. I think a lot of upside with, with him. You look at left tackle, that's my biggest concern when I look at this offensive line. You have some unproven guys, right? You have uh, Walt Stribling, who's a really big body, and he's got some. He's had some playing time before. Can he be the starter? Maybe he can. I don't know. But I know that we've got to be able to give him some help there. And just looking at the roster, I think Jacob Sacra is a guy that, with his body size, his type of frame, he can kick out and play tackle a little bit. Um, so I'm hope, hoping he can be that guy. But, you know, as it stands right now, I think our biggest need on this team is addressing left tackle. Um, I, I think that's the glaring weakness. Um, and, and I agree. We have to find two. Two quality starters. Yeah. It, it, we, we were able to last year get a couple of linemen out of the portal. O-linemen are always, always highly sought after. So it'll be interesting to see what's available to us, who we can get. Another thing I would look at strongly because I think it's being overlooked right now by the Power 5 schools is that's junior colleges. I think JUCOs, because of the portal, are really being overlooked now. And I think you got some guys that generally would fall to Power 5 schools that may be available to us in the junior college ranks that we might should look at. Yeah. And I think, you know, another point that you made, uh, Kyle, about the uh, FCS level, um, Matt, we've gotten a, a, a good amount of, uh, I would say, good players from the FCS that, you know, Kyle brought up the fact with the portal uh, that they want to move up. And so we're getting uh, we're getting our fair sh- In other words, it's not like just any old FCS. We're getting a lot of good players, what I've noticed, from the SCS guys. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. We, we do well. Um, obviously they want to move up to the FBS and coach Houston has passed to those FCS schools yeah. and he does a good job of getting guys from that level out of the portal. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, I think that what, you know, like I know panic has set in for a lot of people as it relates to the O-line, right? We haven't had a great recruiting class there. You look at our two freshman signees coming out of high school, um, Cameron Durant and Bryce Weaver. I like those guys, but they're a few years away. You know, they're going to have to develop and redshirt. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a great thing to be able Bryce, to develop guys. Um, yeah, Bryce Weaver is a local kid, right, from Conley? Was that was yes, he from Conley? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What I saw of him – He's got a lot of upside, and I agree with you. Um, one of the things I want to tell you guys is that I know we, with the transfer portal, grad transfer, JUCO, all that, that we live in a world in a microwave, you know, like Pop-Tart society, if you will, microwave everything. But a guy like uh, with Weaver, he has a lot of upside that come in. And, uh, and you know, um, another thing that we talk about all the time is you had you and Bubba, I know, playing at the college level. You know, there's nothing wrong with having to work your way into the line, you know, the starting lineup, working your way, um, paying your dues for a year or two. What is wrong with that? But 
Well, uh, you got freshman offensive linemen from high school can't expect to start right away. Right. You're starting freshman offensive linemen from high school unless they're elite. You got right. problems. Um, so exactly. we we, uh, we we gotta we gotta hit the portal for some O linemen. There's no doubt about that. What what are some of the other um, obviously receiver? Um, I think we we addressed some of that receiver and running back uh, this past weekend. Yeah, no doubt about it, guys. Like this past weekend, we were able able to bring in a receiver, a Georgia Tech transfer, uh, Ryan King, uh, six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Um, he he's an interesting guy when you look at him. Highly recruited out of high school. Uh, obviously, like you know, Kyle, you look at the frame, six three, right? I mean, that's he's got the yeah. two fifteen, great size, but hasn't been you know productive at Georgia Tech, but. That doesn't mean he can't be a productive player here. Maybe the system wasn't right for him. Maybe it just wasn't the best situation. The staff obviously saw something they liked. Quite honestly, was anybody productive on offense at Georgia Tech the last couple of years? <laughs> Very good point. I mean, really, no, honestly. Um, so, you know, he, he's a guy that, that could help. And my favorite part of the – the guys coming in from high school are the wide receivers. My, like my favorite part of this class, I really like these Nate Branch, Malik Leverett. Um, just making sure I have the names right. Zion Agnew. Um, I think we we did really well at receiver from the high school level, guys. So uh, I think we'll get one more receiver from the portal. Um, I, yeah. I, th- I think we have to. Like we got Jalen Johnson coming back, and then a bunch of young guys. Kerry King, I think, has got a lot of potential. Um, yeah, we're but- gonna- Wide receiver, you we're going to be really good. I think I think we need to get one more from the portal, and then running back. Obviously, the the kid we we have some players coming back with Rajay and Gun, but the kid from Georgia Southern is a legit. He's a, he's a legit talent. That was a good get. Yes. Yeah, I was I was really surprised to see the videos on him, Matt. You you obviously are the film study guy, but what I saw and my naked eyes, obviously you're the film you know guy and the football guy. But that guy's got some serious speed. Is it? Is that me or is it? Um, and, and and they can make those videos where, of course, they're going to put your, or their highlight videos. But you yeah. can't, you can't, you can't fake speed. Yeah. Hey, you know, I love it, guys. I love it. It's a great pickup, man. Proven player, experience. There's no substitute for that. He played in a very good conference. He was productive against some really good teams. Had a hundred, hundred. I think it was 142 yards rushing against Nebraska. Yeah. I saw that too, Kyle. That's awesome. Um, so def- definitely a really nice pickup. I mean, just, you know, something you had to have. Because I love Rajay Harris. You know, sometimes people give Rajay, like they say he hasn't been that productive. Rajay, in my opinion, is he's outstanding in short yardage and goal line. That's when he's at his best. Really like him there. But coming off that ACL, Kyle, he might not be, he might not be 100%. You know, till very late in the season. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you, you see that with ACL. So I think it was this is insurance and it's a really nice pickup. Yeah, him and Gun should be a nice one two punch if Rajay, you know, isn't ready to go. So no, I'm with you. Um you you, you had to replace Mitchell and you can't just replace Mitchell. He's you know, this guy's not keeping Mitchell, but he is a very talented player and uh glad to have him. We needed him. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of upside in that room. You wonder like you know, you look at it and people forget we still have Pop McKay in there. You know, a yeah. guy that showed a lot of promise. He was hurt all year, but he's somebody that, you know, if he, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him emerge, you know, and 
there's definitely talent in that room. No doubt. No, there's there's a lot of talent in the running back room. And uh I, and I like our running back coach a whole lot too. I think he's really good. Yeah, yeah. Speaking I, of that, I mean that was that's something we talked about yet. I mean uh, who are the candidates for our corners coach? I mean, I have heard no names. Um, I haven't heard names either. Um, so sounds like it's gonna be wrapped up though here like in the next forty eight hours. Okay. Um, that's really all I know about it. It's interesting. Uh, you know, names have emerged yet. They're this close to wrapping it up. That's very interesting. Yeah. I wonder if they're keeping it very hush hush on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they would. You're, you're, you're done with recruiting for the most part. Um, I don't know. It could be somebody, who knows? Uh, maybe we've got to dot some I's across some T's. Who knows? But yeah. I'm anxious to see who it is. I am too, and I, I hope it's somebody that um, obviously a great coach, but somebody that's really good on the recruiting trail too that can, you know, entice players here. But um, wanted to ask you, Kyle, what do you think of this? You know, I was having this conversation with somebody about just hopping back to the O line for a second. I think that's the hardest position to recruit to East Carolina, like O line, and I think D yeah. line also. You know. Um, so, so I have a theory on this that you, the further you go into, into the spring, right, having the portal the way it is, we can almost squeeze these guys. And, and, and the later we go into that process, we have a chance to pick up some really good players, right? So all these players are getting scooped up right now. More will enter the portal after spring ball. Yeah, and I think that's our opportunity to bring in some really good O-linemen. Like, what do you think about that? I see what you're saying right now that everybody's in the portal hot and heavy. And after spring ball, you obviously have guys that'll, that'll decide they don't like the new coach, that they're not going to get the playing time they thought they were going to get. There's a lot of depth here at power five schools. So we need to get out of here. Uh, that's, you're probably right. Uh, particularly at the power five level, guys looking to move down, so to speak, even though I hate to say that to get a chance to play. Um, yeah, probably after spring ball is our best chance to get a couple guys from the uh, transfer portal on the O-line. And um, we got to. I mean, we got to do it. I mean, there's uh, you, you're going to have to figure something out. Uh, we, we've got to beef up the O-line. That's the key, guys. And by the way, uh, Mike Houston being on Patrick Johnson today, he was talking about the very fact of Mason Garcia. And Mason is uh, a lot further along than people realize. And I know we wanted, you know, more playing time for him. Um, but you were talking about the, the offensive line, and that's the reason I brought Mason up. Um, if we can have that line to be, uh, even if it's an average offensive line or slightly above average, it doesn't have to be anything spectacular. I think you're going to see Mason Garcia um, is going to really shine. And he's going to have his growing pains and he's going to have his mistakes. But he's not really the guy that's like a freshman, like a freshman quarterback where we hold our breath. He has... Um, a lot of I know it's not game experience that we want, but he has a, he's been working at his craft, so to speak, and we're just not seeing that. We and Coach Houston for Coach Houston to praise him, um, I think speaks volumes. And I think that a lot of the people have been really worried about Mason. Um, but the key is uh, the the key to this whole offseason, if you will, is what we've talked about is two or three offensive linemen. If we have that to really protect him, the running game will be there. Uh, we've got a we're we're as far as the skill players we're set. 
uh, I feel really confident. It just comes down to me for the whole team, the offensive line. And well, I don't, I don't know. I think there's more to it than that. I, I, I think we got some. I think we got some issues at receiver we need to address still because we lose a lot of production there. And um, as far as Mason, you know, I'm sure he looks great in practice. Obviously, for Coach Houston to say he's the next starting quarterback and go ahead and put that on him, he has to be showing out in practice and looking good. But you, you can look as you can be a practice superstar. I mean, it, it, it when you get in the game, it's different. So, yeah, I'll hold my breath until I see Mason get out there and play a few snaps. But obviously, he's going to make some mistakes. That, that goes without saying. But the better the offensive line, the better chance he has. There's no doubt about that. Right. And I was going to tell you guys, and Coach Houston talked about something I wanted to talk about tonight, and that is Mason Garcia has a lot of upside. And one thing that I've been missing, and I love Holton with all my heart, so don't misunderstand me where I'm not going down that path of beating up Holton. But Mason Garcia has a cannon for an arm. Yeah, 28, think, 28 and 5. It's hard to beat him up. And I think he, we're going to see – I think we're going to see a, a really beautiful deep ball and a lot of our – that's why it sucks that we don't have Winstead another year um, Whether when we're talking about the 50-50 balls. Well, CJ, CJ really should have came back another year with, yep. with that arm that Garcia has. But, yeah, the, the deep ball, um, that'll be interesting to see how much we use that as a weapon because, you know, that was something Holton, not his, not his strength. But uh, apparently it's Garcia's one of his strong points. So, uh you know that 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 can be a game changer if he's if he's accurate. You can have the biggest cannon in the world, but are you accurate with the deep ball? Right. And if he's be, accurate with the deep I, ball, that can be a game changer. Hey Matt, do you remember back in the day, Jeff George? Oh my God, Jeff George, absolutely, man. He was like uh, an incredibly high. I think he was the number one draft pick in the NFL. Got a huge contract, never panned out. Cannon yeah. for an arm. He lasted like sixteen years in the league, though. Yeah, uh, he, he was like the next coming of you know uh, of God, like just. He was 16 like 15 years in the league is pretty good. I don't care if he never became a superstar or not. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no doubt about that. But like, what, what the point that I was bringing him up is that he had a great arm, but he didn't have the accuracy that you would like for that kind of. I mean, that kind of. I mean, he was like the. Yeah. What you think about it as a quarterback? Gerard was incredibly accurate with the deep ball. Yeah, you know one one of the best uh, <clears throat> arms I've ever seen, um, besides Aaron Rodgers, of course, but. Um, the kid who was from uh, Vanderbilt, I, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Uh, he went to the Chicago Bears. Uh, oh, don't ask me. Uh, Jake. Uh, I yeah, I can't believe I can't. Jake, from, Jake from State Farm? Yeah. No, no it's a Jake, not Jake Plummer. Um, uh, oh, my God, I know what. Uh, yeah, it's driving me nuts. Somebody somebody who's watching, chime in, please. Please help, help me. Yeah. What a cannon he had. But he never really put it all together. Anyway, though. Getting back to Mason, I think you're going to see Jake Cutler. Cutler, thank, thank you. Who, who said that? Uh, Johnny and Shell. Thank Bill. you, thank you, fellas, because that was that was going to drive me nuts. Um, but I think you're going to see like a little different style on offense. I think we're going to see a lot more uh, uh, horizontal throws. We're going to incorporate more wide receiver screens because strong arm quarterback, you can flip it wide. You have a strong arm, you can get it. Uh, get the ball out wide, a lot of wide receiver screens. And it's just one read. Like for a young quarterback, you don't have to scan the whole field. You you know, you get the snap, you throw it wide. And then that can also set up the deep ball because corners start to press a little bit. They start to move up because they want to make a play on the wide receiver screen. And then guess what? You can hit them deep. So I'm hoping you see a lot more of that because <clears throat> Holton, 
if you look, you look at Holton Ehlers this year, he was going to his second and third read as a fifth-year guy. Mason's not going to be there early yeah. in the season. Right. I don't want to put too much on the kid because it will be his technically second start in September, but I think that the difference is he's – the great thing about our program too, guys, is that he had the luxury of four-star recruit. When you hear East Carolina, a guy out of South Carolina, you're thinking – this guy's going to play when he's a freshman, you know, coming in, maybe even a true freshman. Um, but the great thing about Houston is he's had all this time with Holton, and then he has Garcia to hold the clipboard. And and apparently he has done a nice job behind the scenes of academics and working on his craft, so to speak. And uh, Houston said today that everybody in the, the kids in the locker room are going to follow Mason. They are really on board with him. And that made me feel good. And again, I'm not saying that he, we're going to win 12 games or anything crazy, but I'm just simply saying that by the time September rolls around, no, nobody needs to be in the panic room. Uh, we're going to, it's not going to be a disaster with uh, Garcia, I don't think. I really don't. Well, I hope not. I mean, I, if not, I hope we'd be bringing somebody else in. No, no, that's what I'm saying is like, yeah. that's another cue to, for us. If, if Garcia was not getting it done, they would be hitting that portal hard. I mean, oh, yeah. 60. Guys, isn't that crazy? Did you see that? 160 quarterbacks in the transfer portal right now. 160. Wow. Um, that's, uh, that's a lot of quarterbacks. I'm, yeah. I'm a little surprised we hadn't brought one in, honestly, just as a backup because uh, we don't have the three quarterbacks think, on the roster. I think potentially they're waiting, guys. Uh, not that Mason is going to do bad in the spring, but what you were, guys were talking about with after spring ball, all those guys you know, putting themselves in the portal. Like, yeah. I think they're being – I think they will bring in one more. Mm-hmm. Um, you have three right now. I think that you want four is what – the uh, help me out, Matt, but it's usually four in the quarterback room. So, um, I, I think they're being stingy. I think they're being uh, cautious on just – instead of getting like the – you know, there's – I'm sure there's a lot of great guys in the portal, but they, they're like being really, really uber – like they're focused on – Judicious That's what you're judicious. looking for. It's a great word, judicious. Yes, it is. Thank you, Colin. Uh, um, but that's what you're looking. That's what they're looking for right now, in my opinion. I think in the spring, after spring ball, just like with these other, like with O line, with uh, wide receiver, like we talked about on the offensive side of the ball, I think you're going to see a quarterback coming. That's just my. I don't know anything. That's just my gut feeling. Well, we know that, Dave. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what like I one thing though I will say that I think is is definitely a missed opportunity for us is not being able to get some o linemen in here right now for spring ball because yeah. I've been saying this for years and I'll go to my grave saying it but college players make their biggest leap schema learning the schemes but also as a player they make their biggest leap during spring football correct it's a huge opportunity. Like everybody, people talk about bowl practices and that stuff's all great, but players make their biggest leap during spring football. Cause that's all you have. You're not, you're not focused on games. You're focused on learning the scheme and becoming a better version of yourself. And um, so not having some old linemen here from the portal for spring ball hurts. So now what you got to do, you can still find them, but you got to get them in here early in summer. That's a key part of it because it, not many players can come in all of a sudden just show up on campus for fall camp yeah, and, and start. Like the only guy I can think – I was thinking about this earlier. 
Lance Lewis is like the only guy I can think of that came here. He showed up on day one, like the first day of practice and was like a freaking stud player, you know, right out of the gate. It doesn't happen. Right. It, it takes time. And also the fact when you look at this program, when we first started the show, by the way, March 1st is five years we've been doing the show. But when we started uh, covering the team in 2018, that fall of 2018, they didn't even, I mean, you had a situation where there were, it was a pro style practice, Montgomery, they're not tackling. We, we talked about where that was. And then in 19, Houston comes in and he had to teach the kids how to practice, you know? So now you've got pretty much a whole group of guys that they already know the system as far as what Houston expects. And of course there's been coaching changes, people coming and going and all that. But for the most part, we have a lot of stability uh, with this coaching staff, you know, with the expectations of, and having Big John in the weight room, there's a lot of stuff that we've got a lot of positives going into 2023. Yeah, no, there there is. I mean, there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of positives, and I think people have to be realistic. I'm I'm not looking to set the world on fire in 2023. Six and six to me, again, uh, and I'll take that this year with all what we've lost. Um, <clears throat> so just get us to a bowl game. I have. I agree with you 100%, Kyle, on, um, you know, with the schedule. When you look at that schedule, you know, I can argue even after the Michigan game, I could argue three and one, but you could also be, you could flip that and be one and three. Um, when you look at, you have Michigan, you have um, the Marshall game at home, and then you go on the road to Boone. I mean, that's a tough place to play it with uh, App. Um, you come back home to uh, Gardner Webb, you feel like you, they, they're not a, you know, pushover. Um, at the um, FCS level, but uh, they they gave Coastal and Liberty yeah. both good ball games. Yeah, but um, but I will say this: I will say this. I think the biggest problem with our program um, is that you know you've talked to our good friend Terry Gallagher. The problem we have is: do I think we're going to win twelve games next year? As I've said, no. But we need to feel like we need to have that swagger back that we can win every single game. Because what happened with Mo when we had him? He was always talking about six wins. We always won three. You know, <laughs> we're going to go bowling. We're going to well, go. No, bowling. I don't. I don't expect that the coaching staff and the team is going to say we're going to go six and six. But I'm just talking about being realistic. You know, you got a brand new quarterback. You lost your 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 two best receivers. You lost your best running back uh, amongst a bunch of other talent. So, uh, you know, I think uh, six and six is a realistic goal. But no, that should not be the team's goal. Team's goal should be to win every game. If you set yeah. the bar high, then what I'm saying is, if you set the bar high that we can win every game, or you know, like the you know have the expectation to win um, with the program the way it is now, then that puts us at that eight, seven, eight, nine, like pirate football. But when you say you know six and six, then then if that's your ceiling, then you're you're dropping down to three or four wins. That's my thing is that I want this team to. Um, um, buy into the program, obviously, and I believe that with the conference, you know, UTSA coming in, they're going to be very good. They've got a quarterback that's been there 100 years. Um, I, we know how good their offense is. Um, you can start, but then again, you don't have the Cincinnati's of the world. You don't have UCF. No, you got you, Tulane and UTSA will be will be the will be the favorites in the league. Yep. You know, after that, you know who knows, but uh, UTSA and Tulane will be your your, your two favorites. But I think we. I think we have a shot to be that a team fighting for a championship next year. Um, 
like you said, Tulane and UTSA are the favorites, but also I, I think we'll be in the mix. And, um, you know, yeah, there's a lot of things that have to happen, but I, I don't think, I don't think in the world we live in now, I think if it was Matt Simmons's era and we lost all that talent that we lost, I would be really worried. I would be like really upset, but with the transfer portal, the way we have things now, uh, the one thing that guys that really sucks is that you have to learn all these players for every single year. We have to learn new players pretty much. You don't have the Matt Simmons yeah. four year players anymore. Well, a lot of new coaches coming in the league. You got, you got new coaches at UAB, new coach at Charlotte, new coach at South Florida, new coach at Florida Atlantic, new coach since well, Cincinnati's gone. New coach, uh, there's there's others. There's a ton of teams with new coaches in the league. Um, I think if you look at all the new hires on paper, Tom Herman, Florida Atlantic looks like the best hire. Um, but a lot, lot of a lot of new coaches in the league uh, to look at also. So that's uh, that could play to our advantage. Yeah, but I agree with you, Kyle. That I, I would. I'm I'm leaning towards seven and five, eight and four right now off the top of my head. If I had to, if I had to guess, but it's still way too early. And you know, you don't know all the injuries. You don't know who knows we could shock the world with the Michigan situation that's going on. Who knows what's going to happen with that game? Um, and then you know, the thing is, is that going back to what we we're talking about with Marshall, um, that game, we don't know what Marshall, uh, what they have coming. Marshall, in. Marshall, Marshall. That's right. <laughs> And, you know, Appalachian State hasn't been the Appalachian State. They lost their OC. Uh, he's going to yeah. some damn where. Where's he going? Uh, I told today he's leaving going somewhere. But I'm just saying, I'm not saying that they're, uh, you know, like their program is really down. Somebody help me out here where, where App State's OC is going. He's, he's leaving. I did not know that. It's news to me. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope this wasn't private news from Bubba from Miss Special Shores at App. But uh, uh, I was it told. Ed McMahon, Dave. I did I, not know that. Mississippi State. Thank you, Pays. There we go. Okay, so it's not secret information. There you go. Hey, Pays was Johnny on the spot with that. Yeah, he's good. And, um, yeah, I, I really believe, though, that I, I believe we'll be all right. And, guys, uh, we talked about the offensive side of the ball. Matt, you're a defensive guy. I know that – let me ask you this question off the top of your head. Because yeah. you're a linebacker. I'm going to just say this, and you can help me because you've been – Matt is our expert of the tra- he lives he's <laughs> inside the transfer portal talking to guys. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but my concern on defense, I think we've done a nice job with DB, not to steal mm-hmm. your thunder. My concern is linebacker. Am I am I worried too much about that position? Well, I I definitely wouldn't say you're you're like wrong for worrying about it. Um I think you know, let, let's let's take a look at linebacker and let's take a look at what we did in the portal. I mean, you look. B.J. Davis is a guy from South Carolina State um, who was an all-conference player, all right, at his level. Um, Taekwon King from uh, Central, another all-conference player, 6'3", 215. My first thought when I looked at these guys was they're a little undersized. But the thing is, like, you know, I gave it some thought. They, the game is so different now. And you have to be able to cover in space more than ever against four and five wide receiver sets. So these guys can run. I think they're very nice pickups. And then, you know, we, we do have some pieces coming back as well. So I am a little concerned about it, but I think those guys can definitely fill some gaps for sure. Because I feel really good about D-line. 
Um, and then um, the other concern I had, I think they've done a nice job with addressing was I was concerned about the D-backs or the DBs, but they seem to. What yeah. about kicker and punter? Haven't addressed that one yet. I haven't heard anything on that. Yeah, well, that needs to be addressed. Um, obviously, uh, the young man was consistent. Right. <clears throat> they could have the season kicking, but we didn't really see him kick a long ball. And sure. then, uh, and then punting is just that that that's gotta, yeah, that's gotta yeah. be addressed. Chuck was asking about that. By the way, here's a sidebar for you, really, Matt. Uh, Shell has a question for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is for you. He says, I have a question for Matt. Best linebacker he ever played with or watched at ECU? Ooh, that's a good one, Shell. Well, be this one's easy for me, honestly, because I uh, – the great. I'm going to say the great Morris Foreman. Uh, Mofo, yeah. Mofo, um, yeah. Good answer. And I'll say that, like, Shell, because I was, I was Morris's backup my first two years. So I had a chance to, like, really watch him. I studied him. You know, in film session every day, um, tremendous player, tremendous player. Just like people always talk about what made Morris Foreman so good. He was just the most instinctive player. He was always in the right spot, always made plays. Um, you know, just 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 a great, great football player. I don't know how to explain it, but he wasn't overly big, wasn't overly fast. But man, he was just born to be a football player. So I'll say I'll say Morris, but no slight to any of the other guys. I played with a lot of good ones. Somebody mentioned Libiano. He was another great one. Um, played with so many good ones. Marvin Burke, Carlos Brown. I mean, those guys Carr. were all good. Those guys were all really good players. Jeff Carr, my good friend Jeff Carr, outstanding player. I mean, so many good ones, you know. Yeah, in fact, uh, Shell said uh, Chris Moore, Jeff Carr, met him a few times. Uh, and then how about this? Uh, Pace has Mo, uh, Mofo, Libiana, Robert Jones, Jeff Carr, Pernell Griffin. Start a team with that group right there. You'd win a lot of games. Yep. Yeah. Can we, can we bring them back? <laughs> no doubt. And uh, Shell says, thanks, Matt. So uh, great question. If you have questions or comments, then keep them. We've had a lot uh, going. In fact, Chuck said that you stole his thunder, Kyle, about asking about the kicker and punter. But y'all ah. are great minds think alike. Well, uh, we, we got no answers, so uh, the question can still be asked because we, uh, we, we, you know, particularly at punter, uh, you got to address that. That that was embarrassing at times this year. Uh, by the way, our good friend Alan Victor is a Elvis aficionado. Uh, if you didn't hear, Lisa Murray yeah. passed away. Uh, he said that he watched Maurice in high school at Farmville Central and then at EC. Probably the best football IQ of any player I've ever seen locally. And he said meant to say Morris. Yeah. 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 Yes. Tremendous football IQ. That's a really good point, Alan. Um, again, a, a guy like if he went to a combine, if Morris Foreman went to a combine, he wouldn't have blown anybody away with his size or his measurables. But this is a guy who returned punts. He was a linebacker who returned yeah. punts. Just think about that for a second. Uh, I mean, just so just a really just just tremendous player. Yeah. About a holder as well. We need a, a kicker punter. <laughs> And he's well, the, the punter and the holders kind of goes together, I guess. <laughs> but I, uh, what about that? Uh, one of the things you see in the NFL in college is a backup quarterback like a Flynn. Yeah, well, we used to do that too under Logan. Um, I'm a that's my school of thought, but uh, what do you guys think? I mean, gives I mean, you the option for the fake, it gives you the option for the fake whenever you have the backup quarterback as the holder. 
Uh, by the way, guys, uh, Captain Crunch, the great Danny Kaplan, one of the greatest to ever play linebacker in the history of ECU football. Sure. Thank you for being absolutely. We're not. That question was directed about uh, who. Matt yeah, Matt, Matt didn't play with Danny Kaplan. <laughs> I've heard great things, though. I've heard tremendous oh my things. Gosh. He, and he was a, guys, he was a big star in the CFL also, by the way. Probably the. Probably the uh, help me out for those that are but that's before my time, but I would argue that he's probably the best CFL player we've ever had. Ah, uh, no, Gizmo Williams. Gizmo, well, yeah, yeah, yeah he was a star in the in, in the CFL. Um, and then uh, Marcus Crandall also won the great, yeah, I was gonna say, he, yeah, but Gizmo Williams, um, is, is legendary in the CFL, mm. yeah. In fact, that particular group of people we were talking about last week, how many people get drafted. That particular group of the 83 guys, yeah. uh, that I think the record is eight guys got drafted. And here's the thing. It was not only NFL, CFL, and you had USFL, obviously the first rendition of that. And then, of course, we have the XFL. I think we can get uh, we can get a lot of guys drafted. And Well, when, when people talk about drafted, they're talking about the NFL. But, you, you, yeah, we'll get a lot of guys. We'll have an opportunity to play pro football with the Canadian Football League, the USFL for what it is now. And I, I don't, I don't know if the XFL. I, I don't. When is that supposed to start back? XFL February. version three. It's like, coming up February, but I can't remember the date. I'll look it up. It's it's next month. Wow. Yeah. I would change the name. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. I, I would change the name from the XFL. I think the I think it's dated. I think it's damaged. Uh, I would call it something else. Call it I don't know the Rock Football League. I don't freaking know. I, it, but I would change the name. It's uh, it's Saturday, February eighteenth. Is when it's coming up. Yeah, well, um, I think baseball starts around that time. So, what's the first thing you think of when you think of the XFL? Bad, bad uh, Vince McMahon and bad football. That it was just the the thing is is that the uh, the last rendition, the wrestling for the damn ball at the beginning of the game instead of having a coin toss. <laughs> and what was the um, nickname of that player? Um, uh, he he hate, hate me. me. Yeah. I always think of he hate me. Yeah, I, I never, mean, I, yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff was just uh, it, was, it was too over the top. And the the second time, actually, the ratings were good. The football was good. With they they pulled the plug on it too soon. I thought um, the ratings. Well, it happened. Didn't I mean, maybe I'm remembering wrong. Wasn't it during? Was it during 2020? Was it during COVID? That see, yes. Yeah. Well, so kind of they kind of had to, but um, the XFL. But uh, I don't, I'm not interested in it. I I, I don't. Um, I'm not going to watch it. It, it. College baseball starts around that time. That's what I'll be watching. I'm, I'm not interested in The Rock taking over Vince McMahon's league. And then now Vince is back at WWE after the scandals, and he's trying to sell the damn thing. And what a mess. Yeah, well, um, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see that the USFL, the USFL uh, playing there in Birmingham, that stadium was so nice. Um, well, they, they got to get to their own home markets if they're going to ever well, succeed. It was a nice first season, but you can't have New York playing in Birmingham and Dallas playing in Birmingham. You yeah. got to get to your home market to see if you can draw. No doubt about it. Hey, and, uh, hey fellas, really quick, I wanted to mention one more thing on this uh, on this defense flipping back. Um, I think that's one of the really good players we got that we haven't mentioned that I like on film is the safety from Elon. His name's Omar Rogers. Yeah. Uh, talked to a friend of mine who is a coach and uh, recruited him out of high school and very high on this kid. 
very high. He was a little, for whatever reason, he, he, you know, he, he, he wasn't as highly recruited, uh, went to Elon, was, was all conference. Yeah. And the colonial uh, is a hell of an FCS league. Exactly. It's, it's the SEC of the FCS, as people say. It's, but he, he brings experience. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the guys we brought in have. Potential. How many years does he have? I want to say he's got two two full years left. Okay, that's what I was. That was my guess, but I couldn't remember. But uh, here's a question for you guys. Uh, not an easy question. Anybody think Aylers will get drafted? I think it's possible. Late rounds. He's he, he's got the right attitude. Um, I think his injuries are going to hurt him. Um, but I think I think his his interception to completion ratio will get him some looks. And, and I think his attitude. I think Holton is such a positive guy, and and he and he, he he's a good leader, and uh, he's the kind of guy you want in your locker room. I think it's I think it's possible that he goes late, but most likely a free agent contract. Yeah, and then the other thing that I was talking about is that some people may disagree with me, but I think it's a, a potential of going to like a USFL, um, for example, CFL. Doing very well there, and doing a Doug Flutie and getting drafted, you know, and actually going to the league that way. Um, I would prefer, obviously, the first way we we're talking about. But if that doesn't happen, I don't think it's the end of the world for these kids. Um, all he needs is a shot, and when he shows his leadership, when he shows that kid works really hard, and um, unless he he's body is so injured that you know from injuries there in the professional ranks that he can't go anymore, um, that would be my thing. Yeah, he's a he's a gamer. He's going to be successful whatever he does yes. in life, even if it's not football. He's going to be successful. So um, he's going to play football somewhere, whether it be Canada, USFL. He's definitely good enough to make a roster somewhere. Definitely. So, yeah. People, Chuck is asking about Keith Mitchell. I, I yeah, he'll get drafted. First guy to get drafted since um, Zay Zay Jones. Yeah, his, his speed will get him drafted. Um, you, you you don't have that kind of speed. Keaton's got a good attitude. That 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 kind of speed will get you drafted. Yeah, Keaton will go. I don't think he'll go early like Chris Johnson, but he'll go. In fact, uh, Axel is saying he's saying bottom second round. Do you guys think it'll be that high? I mean, I can I, see I'm not a draft cool. expert, so I, I really can't say late second round, early third round. I, I'm not a draft guy, so I, I can't I can't speculate as to I where he'll go. Fly up draft boards. I I think there's going to be a there's going to be an aha moment where the word is out. He's going to run. He's going to catch somebody's eye. And I think there's going to be that moment. And I, I just I just have a feeling he's going to fly up draft boards and get himself in the top. Fifth round running back class is deep. I was going to ask that question. B-Page, you read my mind about how many running backs. That was my thing about Keaton. Not that he doesn't have the talent, but that, you know, what's the crop like this year for running backs? So that lets you know that. There's a lot of running backs out there. They're coming out. So, but definitely he's the one that of all the what is it eight guys, nine guys, something like that between. I got, yeah, I guess that claim they claim they've declared. I mean, if you graduated, I guess you're declaring. I also declared on my Facebook the other day that I'm entering the the NFL draft. You are? Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I'm in the NFL draft. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, man, I didn't know that. Back? Kyle, did you declare as a fullback? I'm going to be a wide receiver. I think a legally blind 300-pound wide receiver is, uh, is 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 something that the NFL has been missing for a long time. I, so uh, I think uh, I think I think the girth and the lack of vision out there run, running routes will uh, 
it'll throw people off. Nobody will ever expect they're going to throw the ball to me, so I'll be wide open. I can see – Dave, what do you think? I can see Kyle. Get one of those old-school neck rolls. Remember the old neck rolls? Put one of those things on Kyle. Put him at fullback. I tell you, he's like John Riggins, man. I'm a big Redskins fan. <laughs> he's John Riggins, 44, baby. I'm telling you. Um, uh, if that, you need a yard, I'll get you a yard. If you need two yards, I'll get you a yard. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I can see Kyle. This would be like a great Disney movie, like a Disney movie, you know, like Walt Disney Productions, you know, this great kid, you know, come out of Eastern North Carolina. He never played in college. He makes it, uh, you know, kind of like what was the movie with uh, with Wahlberg? Was it Invincible? Uh, four uh, brothers. Yeah. So. With on the Philadelphia Eagles, you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Invincible. Yeah. Yeah. Four brothers. That's all I got. That's all my work. Yeah. But but anyway, the only Mark Wahlberg movie I've ever seen is Four Brothers. I love. Really? Oh, oh, Wahlberg is a great oh, actor. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he's tremendous. He's just tremendous. If you yeah, want everything said in a Boston accent, he's just tremendous. Oh man, I'm a huge <laughs> I'm a huge Wahlberg fan. That, we're gonna have to disagree on that one. I love him. I think Donnie's. I think Donnie's better than Mark. His his first movie, Fear, is tremendous. Oh, so he, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I take that back. I will. I will say. I will take back the Four Brothers. Fear is awesome. The, the the scene on the roller coaster alone is worth watching. That movie. I just think I don't know. He's he's like one you, of those you know guys. that scene, Matt. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It's been. It's probably. I probably haven't seen it for 15 years. Well, it's a. It's a it's I'll a, go back and watch. Tremendous. Okay. Well, you might not get as much out of it now, but um. Also, also another very memorable scene from that movie when he cuts the dog's head off and puts it through the doggy door. Um, mm. Yeah, yep. Shooter is good too. Be patient. Yeah, the Departed. What about the Departed? Or was it? Yeah, the Departed was great. The Departed? No, the oh. Departed. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I've never seen that. Never seen that. Uh, but you're right. Fear is a great movie. I should not have should not have uh, overlooked that one. Um, uh, tremendous movie, as a matter of fact. In fact, I was talking about that movie to somebody the other day. Uh, you guys, uh, do you want to talk a little more recruiting? If uh, guys, if you have anything you want to put in the comments, uh, B Pays, Axel, Chuck, Robert, there's a lot of guys chiming in. Brandon, uh, Shell, whoever's up there and want to put anything up there for as far as recruiting questions, because we're going to move on. And um, if anybody wants to attack me, um, I, I get attacked in my inbox by random people. Uh, so, you know, uh, there's you know, I won't even bring the name up because it's not worth mentioning, but it's just hysterical that, you know, I'm just sitting there minding my own business and I get attacked in my inbox, you know, by some, by some maniac and, uh, who, uh, who claims I was rude to him at a game last year. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's hysterical. Some of these people. It's a mistaken identity. You're never, like I said before, Matt and Kyle are loud. Oh, no, Dave, Dave, this, 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 uh, this, 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 this ass clown. Uh, it's from Williamson originally, and actually uh, mentioned my mom, dad, and sister by name. Oh well, so oh. Uh, I maybe a bit of a stalker, but uh, you know, um, I won't I won't give his name any credit. But you know, yeah. I told him anytime he wants to, and it'll stand here. I'll meet him face to face, and I have an interesting story to tell about getting his ass kicked by a legally blind man with cancer. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good story to tell. All right, here's uh, we we love uh, Dallas and we love uh, Jr. But this is our Jr. Johnny Robertson, he chimes in. The Pirates signed Carmelo Martin to a track scholarship. He ran the third fastest high school, 60 meters in the nation, 6.76. Do you think he could see the football field at some point? He did play football in high school. I didn't know about him, so that's cool, Johnny. Uh, it's a good question. Um, did he walk? Is he on the team? If he walked on? No, he's saying that this guy's a track star. 
Right. Um, but no, he's not on the team. Uh, it would be well if he wants to walk onto the team. I'm I'm sure that with that kind of speed, Coach Houston would be willing to look at him. Yeah, he definitely. And he played football, so he knows. Uh, I know it's at the high school level, but um, definitely, I, I have no I have no issues with it. And uh, Robert says, "Talk tight ends." By the way, Matt, going back to the offensive yeah. side of the ball. Okay, definitely. Let me say though, Johnny Robertson. Johnny's tremendous with these with these stats and all the stuff he pulls up. I mean, Johnny's all over it, but that is tremendous speed. That is an unbelievable 60. So, hey, remember Rocket Ishmael for Notre Dame? He yeah. was a track guy at first. You never know. Maybe try him on a few kickoffs. But uh, I was going to ask about that with the, uh, with the running a, a kickoff back. Uh, yeah. that, would be, that would be good. Special one cut, team. One cut and go. But uh, who – so somebody just asked about tight ends, right? Robert. Um, Robert. Asked Robert. About that's Robert. Um, that's another position of a little concern. You know, you look at our depth right now. Shane Calhoun is the one I feel like true tight end on the roster. Really like Shane Calhoun, but you look behind him, Tyler Savage, more of a receiver type than an inline blocker. Um, we did bring in uh, Jarman graduated, right? What's that? Didn't Jarman, the kid from Logan, yeah, he, he graduated, right? He did. Okay, and we brought in kind of a project player i guess you would call from germany last year kid by the name of max lanch yeah i remember that now yeah he's on the roster another apparently there's a lot of talent there but it's unproven talent so i think that's a great point i'm glad robert brought it up i think that's a position if we can address it here over the next month or two we, we definitely should yeah you don't have to have one more would probably be enough one more true tight end and you're probably all right um Johnny was talking about uh, the player Carmelo Martin. They would have to use one of their 85 scholarships if he played. Hmm. Um, but if he have, track, does he have a track scholarship? He got the track scholarship, so that's why I was saying he would be yeah, – He could be a walk-on. He could be a walk-on of the football team. You wouldn't get two scholarships, right? Well, the track scholarships sometimes are partial. Um, a kid at that level is probably a full scholarship. So if I, I, would, I, I hope to God if he if he has that speed at sixty meters like Matt said. Yeah, yeah, he's probably full scholarship on track. Yeah, he, he, we probably wouldn't have to use a scholarship on him. That's another reason why Jay. Unless there's some NCAA rule I don't know about where you, you know, I don't, I don't know, like if you, you can't use a scholarship from another sport to play on the football team. I don't, I don't know of that rule. But like there are other players that play multi sports. That I mean, do they have a scholarship for every single? That would be crazy. No. That would be nuts. I don't think you would do that, right? No, you're not no, going to be required to. If a, if a kid plays, well, I mean that's playing that's paying that's paying that's paying your tuition twice. That doesn't, that's not. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, but anyway, uh, you're right about that, Matt. About the tight end situation, um, we we always overlook. But with Houston wanting to run into football, you got to have tight ends. So, yeah. and we do utilize the tight end very well here, like. Even though Ryan Jones, I feel like, didn't get as much many touches. Kyle talked a lot about this over the last half of the season, that he didn't get as many touches as he should have. But when you combine those two players, Calhoun and Jones, we were productive at the tight end position this year, you know, as a whole. Right. And Pace said, you're right, Pace. We did have some track football guys in the 90s. You're, you're absolutely right. Off the top of my head, I mean, it'll it'll probably come to me tomorrow when I'm driving to work. <laughs> but um, we definitely did. I do remember that now that you say that. Uh, 
Definitely. It's going to be great. And uh, tight end may be a position like we talked about with quarterback. Some other positions are being careful and not just signing any old guy. Um, and I think when it comes down to it, Matt, you made a great point uh, back when they had a signing class that day that we have to think of recruiting differently. We have to think of the signing day differently. Um, I hate the early signing day, but that's uh, I love February early signing day. It's like a holiday to me. Um, they should have kept it. Uh, but I but actually they approved now, by the way, guys, an earlier signing day. Is it summertime? I'll have to look back over when they agreed that they were going to do that. So it's I, I don't think the December one, they'll move that one up to if somebody can help me out with uh, with that. It was last night. I was getting ready to fall asleep when I read that they had approved that. I didn't look into the actual date. But what I've heard, the experts are saying coaches, they would want to have it like in the summertime, like a July and um, but I don't know when the actual what the committee said as far as NCAA, you know, the NCAA, they do crazy stuff. So, hell, they might have it in the middle of the season. Who knows? Not really. But um, well, since you mentioned it, fellas, nice move. And I never give the NCAA credit for anything. Nice move last night uh, with this new rule on transferring. Yeah, they, they amended that. And maybe you guys can talk a little more uh, eloquently about it than I can. But. That finally, the NCAA shows some common sense. Only one time you get one, transferred yeah. well, one, one time. time, and then after that, you have to have a a, a a legitimate reason. You you can transfer once at will, and then after that, if you're going to do it again, there has to be extenuating circumstances. Which is this definitely the smart thing. By the way, Bubba alluded, Bubba alluded to this last night. The NCAA finally got it right. We can hire as many coaches as we want in baseball, um, softball, different sports. We've had that where it's not a requirement um, because some of the baseball. So what, that, that was passed. We can have more baseball coaches. Yes. Last night okay. it was, uh, I, it broke last night. So I wanted to mention that too, that uh, they finally got it right. We thought. Well, it was- to a point, I, I would have put a limit on it. I wouldn't have done it unlimited. Because you're going to have SEC schools now with 25 coaches. Well, I mean, I don't but, know how many. They may have a limit on it. Um, but as far as us, we can coach Godwin and has wanted to hire at least one more coach. Yeah. Maybe two. Um, so now that when we're a top 15 program, and the great thing about this, guys, is that um, this is not saying that you have to. Re- it basically says it allows you, gives you the option. And that's what I'm happy with. It's not. Yeah, as long as it's not unlimited, if they if they increased it by one or two coaches, that's great. Um, I don't want unlimited because, like I said, the SEC, you, you, it'll it'll be ridiculous. You'll you'll have two catching coaches, two pitching coaches, two first base coaches, two you know three hitting coaches. You know, it'll, it'll get insane. But if they increased it by one or two, even three, then I'm all I'm all in favor of it. And help me out, those that are uh, listening or watching. Maybe you can help me out on that one, but. I, I do know they passed. I just don't know if it's unlimited or limited. What, um, but anyway, thankfully they got it right. Where that's going to help out a program a lot too. You know, it's it's totally ridiculous that a a guy that's, uh, for example, you uh, one of the coaches uh, they have they literally have is a volunteer coach, and the only way he can get money is for a summer camp that has Cliff Godwin's name. It's totally ridiculous, especially yeah. when. We're a top 15 program. He shouldn't have to starve or, you know, like literally um, it, that. And they they made instructional videos. Coach Godwin's awesome to make instructional videos. He makes money off of that and the baseball camps in the summer instead of where we could hire him for, I don't know, 50, 100,000. I mean, 
it doesn't right. And, and now we'll be able to hire him to a real yeah. to a real salary. So that's good. Uh, it's, it's, you know, and okay, uh, here's one for uh, Axel. By the way, Matt, um, he says check out uh, Bray Walker. I think that's available O-line, Oklahoma O line transfer a five star. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love, love uh, to have Irving, any five stars for sure. Um, I think we're going to beat the bushes on all those guys. I mean, we're going to we're going to take a look at everybody. I feel like so. uh, this is for you, Matt, uh, from Irving. Do you uh, do you or any of your other teammates ever speak to the team about your playing days? If so, do those talks to the team have any positive impacts on the players? Current team, you mean? Current team. Well, the team. Yeah. Like, in other words, you, do you go to practice and talk to the team? I, I don't, but not because I don't want to. It's just because I live so far away. I, you know, li- live in Connecticut. So it's really hard for me to get back. But I, I would love that opportunity. I can pick you up at the airport. What, what's that? I can pick you up at the airport, the PGV. Absolutely. Hey, I would love to, man. I love to, to talk to players like that. But uh, I'm sure there's a lot of players that come back. And I, I know when I was in school, uh, Jeff Blake came and, and spoke with us before a game. So I'm sure they have guys come in. Um, you know, that would do that. Hey, by the way, our good friend, Terry Gallagher, that's a contributor to the show. Sometimes he, he actually went to one of the bowl practices um, a few days before the bowl. He went there and spent time with the team and drove up from Wilmington to Greenville. So uh, the legendary Terry Gallagher. So uh, there, the, yeah, the, you see the, yeah, good to see Terry. Yeah. Uh, Going to one of the bowl practices. Did he go to the bowl game? Did he? He went to the damn practice and then go to the game. That's no, crazy. what happened? No, he has a situation with his family. I don't want to get into personal stuff, but okay. uh, it's, it, he's a caregiver. I would just say that. And so, right. Yeah. Yeah. In laws. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a situation where his his uh, wife is from Wilmington and he's taking care of yeah. them, and so he can't he can't uh, leave and do a lot of like he can go around to Greenville or Wilmington. Right. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. But anyway. Back to Dave, one more thing, uh, really quick. Sorry to cut you off, Dave. Back to Irving's question, though. I'll tell you what. If I did have an opportunity to speak to players now, what would you it say? W- it wouldn't even be about football, honestly. It would be about find something in your life beyond football that that you would really love to do. Because I think the biggest mistake, and I'm not to get not to get too deep and philosophize here, but Irving brought the question up. But you know. Too often, these young guys that are 20, 21, they think they're going to play in the NFL for, you know, 10, 15 years, and it rarely happens. So you got to have something to lean back on and, and and a career. And I think that's what the young guys need to hear more of is life beyond football. You know, that's 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 a huge thing. Uh, I'm off my soapbox, guys. Are you talking to Kyle? Because Kyle's going to the NFL. Yeah, I'm going to the league. <laughs> I have no backup plans. It's, it's all or nothing. Oh wow, that that's not you, Matt didn't make a Matty Ice didn't make a impact on you there. What he's talking? Uh, Axel says, Kyle, how much money uh, you make from the national championship? How much money did I make from the national championship? No, I mean I think that he's asking about the how much money did Georgia get for winning the? Oh, national I have no idea. I have no idea. A lot, <laughs> a lot. Um, speaking of which, speaking of which, that was a fantastic game. On Monday night. No, it was not. Um, good Lord. Worst national championship game ever. Uh, hated to see it for TCU, um, but it is what it is. Georgia destroyed them. I was sleeping. I didn't I didn't see much of it at all. There wasn't much to see. 
No, and that you know, sixty-five to seven, and everybody was talking about that proves that TCU doesn't doesn't belong. How many times it wasn't that lopsided, but Notre Dame when they've been in it, they've they, they've had some blowouts too, and they're a brand name uh-huh. team. So it's not. I'm not taking up for TCU. I mean, but uh, but I do believe they belong, and also it goes to show you that that we need the twelve team playoff, which we're getting twenty twenty four because who right. knows. Um, but they definitely deserve to be. Um, in the playoff, and they beat Michigan. I mean, Michigan, you can say what you want to, Michigan didn't win. They beat Michigan, right. and so they deserve to be in the national championship game. And I think, honestly, if it saw, if it, I, I think it was simple. I think, I think TCU has talent, but I think a lot of what they do is based off coaching and scheme. And right. I think, had they had multiple weeks to prepare for Georgia like they did Michigan, it would have been a different ball game. Uh, probably same outcome, but a much closer game. I think that was the difference. I think uh, one Georgia speed. Michigan doesn't have Georgia speed, but I think two. They had weeks to prepare and scheme for Michigan. They didn't for Georgia. And Michigan. And uh, by the way, guys, Georgia is just that good. I don't care what Nick Saban says. Georgia is the best program in college football. Nick Saban, can you say that a few times? Georgia <laughs> is the best program in college football. And, you know, you have to tip your hat to them. I think that they were light years of better than anybody else. And it showed on, I don't think the TCU was that bad. I just think that Georgia's that good. And nobody's talking about how great Georgia is. That's what you need to talk about is how great Georgia is. And that shows you the TCU is good, but Georgia is great. And that's the way I felt is that, yeah, 65 to 7. But I think even if you put Alabama in there, you put other schools in there, they would have, maybe wouldn't have been that lopsided, but Georgia was going to win. I mean, that's just my – and Georgia, you know what? We got tired of hearing about Alabama-Clemson. Um, eventually, you'll get tired of hearing about Georgia. They're, I already they're am. The, okay, there you go. <laughs> so they're the top dog, and they're going to be there until somebody – The top dog. <laughs> yeah, no pun intended, actually. But um, Stetson, I mean, that guy – there's a lot of jokes right now about how old he is and whatnot. And, but, man, he can sling it. He was throwing darts, absolute darts. And let me say, when he gets on the move, he can run. He's fast. He's a very talented quarterback. Like 12 positions, it was only one punt. Other, It was one field goal, one punt, and everything else was a touchdown. Yeah. yeah you see that way. It's like our game with Coastal, one punt, and it was blocked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Axel says, I see a lot of the same flair this ECU team showed this season. And Georgia, well, Georgia's like I said, there's Georgia and everybody else. I don't care what anybody says, um, and they're going to be good for the next handful of years. Get used to it. I'm not trying to be Steve Spurrier, but uh, that's that's the way it is. Kirby's built a great program there in Athens, and um, anyway, I don't want to talk more about that. Like Georgia's not my team, but I got to tip my hat to them. They are the best right now. Uh, let's talk about uh, fundraising, guys. Uh, they came out today the most ever. Um, there's a record now over $35 million for the pirate club. So, uh, Ryan Robinson, I want to give them a shout out. Uh, and we've raised uh, $15.2 million for pirates unite the capital can, uh, campaign. In fact, um, Shell was asking that question about the indoor practice facility earlier, um, about that right now. We don't know the, uh, the one thing, uh, the one thing we need to find out, and maybe Pays knows or somebody knows, is the breakdown of the fifteen point, uh, the fifteen million. I think it's fifteen point two, and um, 
I think my what I've been told is most a lot of that money is going to baseball uh, for what Cliff Godwin wants. There's a because you can uh, like for me, I've uh, pledged twenty five hundred for this year for um, for Pirates Unite. So um, five hundred is five projects. So five hundred each is what I've uh, pledged. So um, anyway, I wanted to get your guys thoughts on that Pirates Unite and. Um, we, we're a quarter of the way there. We the it's a very ambitious sixty million dollar uh, capital campaign project with uh, those five different projects. And so, what do you guys think? How long does it take to raise the sixty mil? Uh, who the hell knows? It's a lot of money, um, and you're asking a lot of the same people for that money. Uh, so to get to that sixty million point, we're a quarter of the way there now. <laughs> uh, who knows? A long time. Yeah, pace at fourteen point nine 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 nine. Get to the. <laughs> I, 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 I agree with Pays on that one. Let's get that done. Let's yeah, get we're done. way behind. We we're playing catch up, guys. Um, that should have been done years ago, and that's my concern. Um, not pointing fingers at any one person, but we've got to have like we shouldn't be playing catch up when it comes to that indoor practice facility. Should have done been done years ago, and so now we find ourselves we're we're behind the eight ball. We don't have. Uh, that we're we're looking at um, if we do it, and if you think about it, if we average fifteen millions a year, that's going to take four million uh, four years to to get all those uh, to get the whole project. You know, don't funded. worry. When Vince sells the WWE to the Saudis for four billion dollars, he'll he'll shoot us the rest of the money. Do you really think he's going to do that? I think he's going to sell it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it'll be the Saudis, but yeah, please he's going to sell. Me, please don't please don't tell me that. That that would be. He's definitely going to sell. No, no, no. I know that. I'm just saying the uh, to the Saudis. Don't the get Saudis. me started. Don't don't get me started on that. I'm gonna. One, uh, of, the rumors, one of the rumors. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I think um, I hope Fox buys it because I think they'll know what to do with it the best. I think it'll end up being NBC Universal, but uh, it, it's it it is what it is. It, to me, it doesn't hold up a topic that everybody doesn't care about. I think corporate wrestling and. I don't think wrestling should be owned by corporations. Eh, just don't even get me started. Uh, yeah, it with Turner back in the day in TBS on WWE. How great did that work out? It didn't. <laughs> that was Jim Hurd. By the way, speaking of what Kyle um, and for all you wrestling fans on Peacock, you got to check out the new Ric Flair documentary. I saw it on Saturday morning, and it was awesome. It's called Woo. Great uh, name. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, and by the way, any of you guys out there who have uh, old WWF, LJN, or Hasbro figures, if you want to get rid of, please feel free to hit me up on Messenger. Uh, WWF, LJN, and Hasbro figures from the 80s and 90s, I am very interested in buying them. So hit me up if you got them. Pays, are you a wrestling fan? I just a picture that Pays is a WWE fan. I don't know, maybe I'm not seeing you out, Pays, but I just have a feeling that Pays is a wrestling guru. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll, I'll see I if think, I'm wrong. I'm going I'm I'm to guess you're wrong. Yeah, I'm wrong? All right, we'll yeah. see. Guru. I'm a wrestling guru, baby. Paige, uh, 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 Paige may have some fans. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He was an NWA fan. There you go. Uh, there you go. Paige. National Wrestling Alliance. Well, saying Paige is an NWA fan could mean two different things. But we'll stick with the National Wrestling Alliance. I ain't fixing to say the name of the other. Um, but uh, the, the NWA, Ric Flair, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, uh, with, with the great Bob Cottle calling it, and then Gordon oh, Sully, Johnny uh, Dusty Rhodes. Well, I don't know. Pay's gonna be a little bit after Johnny Weaver, but uh, Dusty Rhodes, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, Magnum TA, the Coloffs, on and on. 
We lost Matt there, I think. Right. Not Matt's wrestling fan. Matt, Matt just knows Northeast wrestling, WWF. I, uh, hey, I enjoy it. I'll trust the experts on this. I defer. Okay. Matt and I had a conversation about wrestling the other night. He had a video. He thought it was the best of the NWA when he was a kid, but I determined it was the best of the AWA. Yes, you did. Oh, man. The AWA was uh, great because it came on ESPN right like after school. Four o'clock, yeah. I well, love actually, that. AWA and World Class actually share that time slot. Yeah, that's that's the only reason why I knew about uh, the Von Erichs was that uh, those guys. Yeah, the World Class, yeah. Von Erichs, unfortunately, one of the biggest tragedies in wrestling. And uh, Pace talking about Tony Schiavone on Saturday nights, baby. Six yeah, WTBS. Yes, six oh five. Make sure you're there. Tony Schiavone and David Crockett. Oh my God, David Crockett was the David worst. Crockett always screaming and getting excited. <laughs> I know he was a Crockett, but he was to me the one of the worst in wrestling announcers. Oh, I was horrible. He always screamed. He always just would just Actually, start screaming. How about this? Jim Duggan just shot a home intruder, if I'm not mistaken. I believe yes. it. Correct. He didn't shoot him. Uh, this is what happened. Home intruder broke in. Jim Duggan um, held him, at, uh, tackled him, held him at gunpoint until the police got there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He shot him. You know what would be? No, better? he didn't shoot him. He did not shoot him. Oh, he didn't. Okay. He tackled him and held him at gunpoint until the police got there. And, okay. Uh, I, I, you, you know, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, um, two-time cancer this? survivor. Yeah. Um, tough guy. Very tough guy. But but doesn't that? But his character. He had that. I would have a damn two by four. Two by four. Yeah. I. Um, He's got to stay in character. Come on, man. Well, Take he didn't. You know, he didn't shoot the guy. He tackled him. He, he did. He did use his tackle. Yeah, that's but, true. You know, Jim Duggan. And now we're we're getting Ray off topic here, but Jim Duggan in Mid South, you know, in Bill Watts territory versus Jim Duggan in the WWF was two totally different things. He was a badass in Mid South, and my favorite in wrestler w, all in time. Do what now? Chuck is talking about Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man, and uh, he also oh Jimmy Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Valiant. Um, I tell you what, uh, and Ricky Steamboat. I tell you what, it, it, those of you who are only familiar with Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man in the Mid Atlantic Territory, go watch some of his stuff on YouTube from Memphis. It's a totally different vibe. He played a heel in Memphis, uh, totally different thing, and uh, it was pretty cool. If you haven't ever seen Jimmy Valiant as a heel in Memphis, you need to go check it out on YouTube. And see, we're wrong about Pace again. Look, check this out, Kyle. You and I both love this magazine. Look at this. He has a collection of 1980s Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Ah, uh, PWI. Very nice. I got a nice collection of WWF LJN figures, Pace. Um, I'd like to see your PWI collection, actually. I, uh, I that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, anything with Cornette, um, I'm interested in. In fact, I saw and Cornette talked about it, Corny, and we'll get back to. I promise about uh, by ECU, but Cornette actually they came. Uh, with the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express came to Ro the old Rose High School, which is now Epps Middle School. And uh, it was June of 87. And uh, he talked about that on one of his episodes. That was the uh, that was during the Rock and Roll Express Super Summer Sizzler Tour. Yep. Yep. And um, so I was there. I saw that. In fact, this old lady hit Jim Cornette <laughs> with a pocketbook when he we, we had my dad, my sister and I, we had ringside seats. It was. Yeah, the, the, oddly enough, Dave, the first wrestling show I ever went to was in 88 at Washington High School, and it was the NWA Mid-Atlantic show, and it was, uh, do you remember when Paul E. Dangerously had brought back Dennis Condry, and they had the original Midnight Express against the Midnight Express with Cornette, Stan oh, Lane, and Bobby Eaton, Yeah, and uh, that was the main event that night at the high school, Dennis Condry, 
I forget who the other member was of the original Midnight Express with Paulie dangerously managing them against Cornette and uh, Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton's Midnight Express. Along with Ivan Koloff, the Russian Assassins, Ron Simmons, Kendall Wyndham, hey. Dustin Rhodes. It was a it was a nice little card. Hey, by the way, we got a uh, text. Uh, um, Holton Naylor's just met Ron Simmons, and I was telling. Damn. Yeah, the re and uh, I'm glad you came on the show because I was telling Matt about Ron Simmons, and he recognized him. When what I, was the story with him and, and Ron mean? Well, the, uh, <laughs> the you know uh, on Saturday that was one of the things I'm going to talk about, guys. Holton's going to be at the Hula Bowl. Which they moved from Hawaii to um, Orlando. Yeah, and Ron and, obviously played at Florida State. Right. I was I was telling. See, there you go, Matt. I'm just laughing about Axel's comment about his magazine collections and the pages. The million dollar uh, man. No, not that one. Uh, evidently, he was talking about a comment about oh, a magazine oh. collection and pages sticking together. Yeah. <laughs> not PWI, uh, different kind of collection. I I, I think I think Axel Art. was reading the old People magazine back in the day. Kyle, Kyle what is my wrestling name? You are the Undertaker, Mark Calloway. That's right. You are the Undertaker. This is great. Here's a story from Pace. Pace is the best. We'll have to get him on one night with us soon. Ric Flair got drunk in one of my dad's convenience stores in 1989 and body slammed a Hulk Hogan life-size cut cutout, and they had to call the cops. <laughs> you can't call the cops on the Nature Boy for body slamming a, a Hulk Hogan cutout. I don't blame him. He, Hulk Hogan cut out in the Carolinas. Ric Flair was like, this is the Carolinas, baby. This is flair country. This is horseman territory. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> we need to do Dick flying, kiss uh, stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun. We we need to do a whole show on wrestling for Kyle, and literally invite in you know some 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 brand name guests. Oh, we, do. Well, we, 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 we we we've had a wrestling show. We, we we've done two. We had C.W. Anderson, who was a star in ECW, and a and an indie star in the Carolinas, and then we did one with Pirate Al and uh, some guy who used to write an article. Down in Charleston, and we uh, had covering, yeah, yeah, we had we had uh we had the great Nikita Koloff on the Russian the, the Russian the Russian nightmare Nikita Koloff. Yeah, nice. he's a great guy. So we we can get more guys, and we could do that for you, Matt, if you'd like. Hey, uh, it's all Kyle. It's all Kyle. All Kyle, all the time, right? I'll support and, it. I'll definitely help support it. It'd be, it'd be fun. I, uh, another wrestling show with multiple wrestling guests would be fun. I don't know how how much interest there'd be. From the viewing public, but old school wrestling is something I really enjoy. I don't care much for the current product, but eighties, eighties, and then nineties uh, also. Well, the great thing about it was those guys. The thing that makes Kyle so great, uh, one of the things is the Thanks. that he he's a he can cut promos, and that's the thing that uh, that like that was great therapy for us during the Mo years. But anyway, um, that's the one great thing about the the guys from the seventies and eighties is that they could talk. And now nineties also, nineties also. I mean, yeah, there's there's not many that can talk now without script. MJF is one. Um, there's a handful of others, but uh, it, it ain't like it used to be. Bruno San Martino was the man. That's what Chuck said. Bruno, uh, yeah, up 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 uh up Matt's way. Uh, there was there was no bigger were. star than Bruno San Martino in the Northeast in the seventies. Bruno. He Bruno, Bruno in the seventies in the Northeast and the six late sixties through the seventies, Bruno was a god in the Northeast. He was like champion for the WWF for how many years? It was a while. He had a couple different reigns, but uh, it, it was a while. Um, he, uh, he, 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 uh, he was, he was, he was super over. Sold out the garden millions. No, well, not millions of times. Sold wow. out the gardens a lot. And um, I, I'm Matt. Uh, 
you're 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 little you're little young. You should remember Bruno, but I would imagine your dad would yeah. remember Bruno really well. Yeah, from yeah, Jersey, yeah, Jersey Auto. yeah, yeah. I, I remember the name well, but yeah, I'm sure. NWA mid '80s, the best. I loved it, man. Yeah, I know. I agree. You, you, NWA wrestling, um, mid to late '80s. You, you can't get much better. All wrestling was good during that time. Even the WWF was good during that time. Yeah, no doubt. The main event, WrestleMania started in 1985. I mean, you know. Like, well, I even think about before then, you know, when, when guys like the Magnificent Morocco were being pushed and, and uh, you know, you had young tag, like the Heart Foundation when they first came in, the British Bulldogs when they first came in. And there was some good wrestling out of the Northeast at that time, too. There was good wrestling everywhere, man. Memphis. AWA, uh, there was so much good stuff back then. How about this? Ace, when I did radio in Chile, I walked into Chili's near my house one night, and Magnum T.A. and Tully Blanchard were eating. Magnum T.A. and Tully Blanchard um, share children, stepchildren. They um, Magnum ended up marrying Tully's ex-wife. That's right. They have uh, stepchildren together. I forgot about that. That's correct. I met... Um, Are they friends, or do they want to kill each other? No, they get along. No, they're they friends. Yeah. They're, they're friends. Um, and that's the one thing about Kayfabe. Like back in the day, they could have never done that when right. they were in their prime. They would have to eat at different restaurants, different hotels. Oh, yeah, definitely. You, you would like now, been. like now, if we were all wrestling stars, we could go down to the Holiday Inn bar or whatever the bar, wherever they stay, we could hang out together and we could be killing each other in the ring now. And it's no big deal. And you can, but back then, you know, it was everything was real. It was kayfabe, and if you were a babyface, you better not be seen with a heel in public, and vice versa. And right. um, and you, I mean, and that was another thing. Um, in some of the territories, like Bill Watts, Mid South Territory, if you got in a fight in a bar, and you lost to a fan, and it got out in the paper, you were done. You were done yep. in this territory. You were going to go somewhere else. Yeah. So if, you, if you got in a real fight, you better make sure you won it. Uh, guys, going back to football, uh, Brandon says, I know you were talking about our new cornerbacks uh, coach might be, uh, who might be, we don't know, but who do we get if Blake Harrell gets picked by another school? I haven't heard anything about that. Have you guys, about Blake Harrell? I haven't heard anything. So no. I don't, I don't want to about speculate. But, yeah. Um, if, if he, if he got poached, we would, uh, we would make a hire. Um, but I don't, I don't see that happening right now. Um, our defense didn't have the kind of season really that it yeah, that it started off looking like it was going to have. Yeah, no, no, got to no. be able to cover people on the back end, and yeah, and we couldn't. We just we couldn't cover anybody, unfortunately. They said the game stopped all of that. Yep, yeah. and that's why you see such an emphasis. I mean, if you just look at this recruiting class, I, I want to say between the portal and the high school commitments, I want to say we've brought in six new. Six or seven new guys. Yeah, and that's why to me Still also level. losing the corners coach didn't break my heart. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I'd be interested who we hire, but uh, I don't, you know. And and guys, Mike Houston is like you know the football community is like a small town. He knows guys. I mean, not to make light of it, but he knows guys he can plug in. And if you're a good football coach, you know that's the potential. So you already know a handful of guys that you would hire or potentially hire off the top of your head. You have to, um, just like an athletic director, they're not a good athletic director if they don't have a handful of coaches in mind that, that you know, like the, the hot 
up and coming guys or guys that we could potentially get to East Carolina, like with John Gilbert, I can guarantee you that he's got guys in mind. If Mike Houston has a year and all of a sudden another conference comes looking at a school and takes him, then he's got other guys in mind. I, I, I would definitely uh, say that he would do that. I'll tell you where I'd look first, guys. Um, I, I would look first to Navy staff. Um, who, who, somebody who studied under their D.C., Newberry, for yeah. a while. Because new- that's a program, they do less with more talent-wise than anybody. Excuse me. More with less talent-wise than anybody in the country. They are very well coached. They have a great scheme. Um, that's the type of guy I'm looking for, you know, that, that comes from a proven program that you can plug in here at East Carolina, you know, when you don't have top talent. Did Coach Ken Niamatololo, did he get hired somewhere? I haven't heard of uh, he's such a great coach. I can't believe I don't I don't think his his background is on offense, isn't it? No, no, I know I am just saying that he uh the or is it on defense. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, Newberry's the new head coach. He was yeah, I know, but I mean what's Ken Niamatalolo's background? Uh my understanding is just he just just offensively triple option. Yep. That was his Yeah. Okay. I was just wondering if he got another job because he's too good of a coach. And won a lot of games for Navy, and all that went down was really horrible. But anyway, um, as they say, it's the nature of the business. Not the it's not a pretty business uh, football. But anyway, do you guys uh, have anything? I know that uh, we talked about basketball was tough last night. Uh, women have won. For those joining us late, they're up to twelve and five, three and one in the conference in the American. They've won three straight. Our guys have lost three straight. Uh, baseball, by the way, guys, as Kyle mentioned, starts February the 17th. Uh, so that Friday, really excited about that. So if you have uh, the George, it's George Washington, right? Is it, and, it, and uh, I think that they told us the hippos, is that right? The new, uh, is that the new um, nickname or was that a joke when they were, <laughs> the Colonials? I don't know. Uh, they're coming to town February 17th. But anyway, um that's going to be fantastic. Get your tickets. Single game tickets are on sale. You can go to ecpirates.com or yeah, call them. I heard they were the hippos. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I heard. Well, Johnny, JR says it's real, and he's from that area. So Wow, that's horrible. That's, that is that's disgusting. The hippos. The so. they, I mean, that, that nickname has been there for a million years, and the fact that you're changing to the hippopotamuses, the hippos. I, I mean, want to have a potamus for Christmas. No, I want to no, have a potamus for do. I'm yeah, going to sing hey, that Matt, all the time. Kid for the 80s, you're thinking about hungry, hungry hippos. How can you <laughs> take them seriously? Oh, uh, you can't. I mean, so was this a political thing where with the colonial? Gotta be. I, I don't know yeah, why you would not the colonial. Is this, yeah, is this one of these uh, like cancel culture political things? That yeah, pol- colonial. It's apparently, it represents colonial times and Racist. Can't have that. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, I did see a cool video of a hippo. I wonder if they're going to have to change the name of the conference. Change every yeah, change everything. Uh, can't be the Colonial Athletic Association. They're going to have to be the Hippopotamus Athletic Association. <laughs> the hack. <Yeah. laughs> That's what I am in golf, by the way, guys. I'm a hack. But okay. Yeah, I chase a ball around. Don't ever invite me to a golf tournament. You'll be uh, really mad and miserable. So. <laughs> not a golf. I'm not a. I mean, I love golf, but I'm terrible at it. So I hate golf, and I'm terrible at it. So how about that? Oh, you hate golf? I thought you were I, a golfer. No, I can't stand golf. Really? I hate it. 
I thought for sure you'd be on the PGA Tour and now the no. LIV. Uh, I burp in his general direction. Kyle, we need to get you a pair of those uh, John Daly Zubaz pants back in yeah. the day. Uh, I can do some Zubas. I mean, Zubaz, were that you, that was part of wrestling culture in the early 90s. So, uh, it, actually, the Road Warriors owned in the, they, they owned part of that company for a while. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, I can do some Zubaz. That, that'll be cool. We'll get some, maybe get some orange, some nice orange and black ones with some neon popping. That'd be pretty cool. Wear a fanny pack <laughs> with it. Wear a fanny pack <laughs> with it. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, that's, um, anyway. Um, that's some tough stuff, but we'll, uh, and by the way, want to make sure, uh, well, in the coming weeks, we'll have someone with team Boneyard. We got to get the last topic I have tonight is the NIL money. And I know it's something that is the elephant in the room. Uh, coach Houston talked about it. Um, guys, it's looking like, um, SMU, I think is giving their players, what was it? 35,000. I think Bubba did the math. It's like a, about $3 million a year, just on players for basketball and football. Um, that's tough at our school, but it looks like that, uh, in order to compete in the league, we're going to have to raise a lot of money like that every single year. So, uh, that's why, like I was saying with the whole thing with, I the, think we should do it one year. I think we should put a whole bunch of money in one year, win a national championship, and then just take it all away and be like, all right, you guys can go in the portal. Now we want a national championship. So, so what Kyle is going to do, you know what this reminds me of? For, the, for baseball fans, the Florida Marlins, every time they win, they did dismantle the whole damn team. Yeah, well, that's fine. Hey, you win a national championship, we can do that. How long do you think, so if you uh, cheat, do you think, are you talking about cheating? I ain't cheating, no. I don't know. Cheat, hell. You, why are you going to cheat? You can, just, you can just open up your wallet and pay people. There ain't no need to cheat no more. Is there any cheating anymore? Like, 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 what constitutes cheating now? I mean, it seems like well, it's just. Well, you're going to have to ask your wife about roll. that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, touche, touche. That's a good question, though. I mean, uh, I, I don't. That's a very good question. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think you're supposed to technically offer high school recruits nil, but it happens. And all these coaches that are going after players are tampering. That's another uh, thing. There's so many, so much tampering going on that the NCAA is so far behind and so antiquated. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but um, that's something they never, they never dreamt of. Let me, I want to make a point on that tampering. So a few, a few coaches came out recently. were really outspoken about Mac Brown was one of them. Yep. And then the coach for Pitt Narduzzi about, they were talking about how, you know, there are a few programs out there that are tampering Blah, 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 blah. But they didn't have the balls to mention the names of the programs. Yeah. If you really want to create change, call these people out. Well, maybe they did it behind the scenes. You know, what was that? Maybe they did it behind the scenes. They 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 mentioned it to the NCAA who was who was tampering. They just didn't do it in in, in the uh, media. I don't know. Yeah, I hope so. Because you're not going to get change if if you don't speak up. No. You know, we need change. How about this? Pace says NCAA is running a strip club with lap dances and a boom boom room. Yeah, and there's <laughs> nothing that's a bigger waste of money than a strip club. Also, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that is the, the drink. You have to pay a cover charge. Well, okay. look, I mean, you're going to leave. Well, not even get me started. You're going to leave. You're just going to leave wanting what you what you what you set. I mean, it's just there's. Uh, if you're going to spend money, you might as well get what you pay for. 
Yeah, that's that's definitely another show for <laughs> I'm Kyle just saying. podcast. Kyle I'm, Unleashed. I'm just saying. It's strip clubs are wasting money. This is uh this is the late night show. Yeah, indeed. So we're not at midnight. Well, I mean, can any, has, midnight. has anybody genuinely ever had a great time at strip club? Yes. You have? <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. I, I I, 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 I've never, I mean, I've, I've had fun, but never a great time at a strip club. What, what do you say, Matt? He didn't do it right. <laughs> I'm just, listen, uh, my family's in the next room. I got to talk. Yeah. To right. yeah we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get those stories off the air. Hey, that's premium content. We, we got to put it behind the wall. We're going to find the paywall. That's right. We'll go to our Patreon. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here you go. Kyle, I'm taking you to a real strip club and I have a good time and eat and I ate a good steak. Look, unless I'm going to eat something besides steak, I have no interest in going to the strip club. I'll put it to you like that. I, I have no interest in looking at things I can't touch. But can you? If, if I can, then I'm interested in going. Okay. I don't know. Pays is the man. So we got to, we'll have to do that sometime. We'll have a sports objective night out. Yeah, like Kyle's getting really quiet there. So, all right, we're running long tonight. Do you guys have anything? I appreciate everybody being on with us tonight. It's been a lot. Of, actually, speaking of fun, I've had a great time with you guys. And uh, certainly we'll uh, keep up with the Pirates. Uh, play it Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Uh, the basketball and the hard Need to win. Need to win bad. Yeah, please. Yeah, we've lost three straight. So, we're hoping that uh, we talked about that early right before you came on, Kyle, about Cincinnati was doing everything they could do no wrong, and we did all wrong, and that's why we had, I think, our worst performance of the season. But um, they'll, Mama said there'll be days like this where they have a chance to come back home and uh, have a good crowd on Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock against USF, and uh, let's get the, the people there, as many people as we can, and it would be nice to have uh, three or 4,000 there uh, for sure. But anyway, all right. Um, in fact, Axel said that, uh, the one last time prayers to DeMar number three, obviously looks like, uh, Lisa Marie Presley was another cardiac death. Not quite sudden too, too, too much that there's also a, there's also a very popular TikToker. Um, I can't, I think of his name right now. I, I've, I've said it a thousand times today. He was one of my favorite guys on TikTok had 1.7 million followers. He was a food content creator. Uh, always ate crazy foods, like unique foods, like pickled things. And uh, he's 33 years old and died of a heart attack last night. There's too much of that going around. Getting That's a little crazy. suspicious for my taste. All these sudden cardiac arrests and heart attacks. Getting a little suspicious for my taste. Don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but you know where that's going. Um, There's a rumor going out that was drug-related for Lisa Marie, but... Well, I, it might be drug-related for a lot of people. Yep. Hey, by the way, uh, hey, Matt, I recently had a pie with Hydewell and Stingers at the Colonial Grill in Virginia. Is that a good example of Connecticut pizza? With hot oil and stingers. I'm sorry. Um, and the, the Colonial Grill in Virginia. Well, I could just say this, Johnny. Like, Connecticut pizza is known for very – it's very thin. Like, you know, you have the Chicago, which is really thick. Not a big fan of the Chicago-style pizza. New York is kind of medium. Connecticut's very thin. Well, New York is floppy. New York is – I, I do like New York pizza, but Connecticut pizza is fantastic, man. Thin and crispy. What's that? Thin and crispy. Thin and crispy. Yep. Thin and crispy. 
Uh, that's my second favorite kind. I, I'm a big deep dish, thick crust fan, Chicago style. Then I would go thin and crispy. My least favorite would be that floppy New York style. Yeah, if you guys, uh, Johnny, if you're ever in Connecticut, hit me up. I'll take place in uh, New Haven. Well, there's several places in New Haven that are in the top ten in the country. Uh, yeah. Pepe's, Pepe's I, I, is is known to be yeah. kind of the best. Hey, hey, Kyle, we had Pepe's pizza. <laughs> Pepe's, okay, yeah. I uh, um, you remember Godfather's? They had uh, good pizza. yeah. It used to be a good pizza place in Greenville. What the hell is it called? Um. Oh my God! What was that piece of place called, Greenwood guys? Uh, there was Villa Roma. Was uh, I remember that one? Yeah, that's not yeah. what I'm thinking of. Um, help me out, guys. Everybody in the in the chat. It was downtown. Pizza Inn. I remember the Pizza Inn. Oh, pizza, uh, hey, Pizza Inn's good, Omar's. but uh, that, that's a chain. Um, uh, not Regazzi's. Um, Omar's. No, um, they closed a few years ago. Oh, Alfredo. Oh, on the court, Alfredo. No, not Alfredo's. Come on, guys. Somebody help Bullies. me out. Bullies. Bullies, Bullies, Fifth Street Pizzeria, yes. Listen, there was nothing better after a, a night out in Greenville at 2 in the morning to hit up Alfredo's. Yes, sir. And grab a few slices for the walk home. That was the great. <laughs> Matt, Matt hung out at the stop shop, I know. but Best Pizza in Greenville now probably is, is a chain, but it's a good chain. Mellow Mushroom. Mellow Mushroom is very good. What about Basil's? Basil's is very good. That's a local. I haven't had it. Um Best pizza in Eastern North Carolina that I've had. Now, granted, I haven't had all the pizza in Eastern North Carolina, but up at the Outer Banks, there's a place called Slice Darryl's. in Kill, in Kill Double Hills. That's fantastic. What about Daryl's? What about Daryl? Sandra Bullock used to work there. Yep, she did. Where's Daryl's? It, it was uh, there uh, right across the street where the post office is on 10th Street, and now it's a parking lot. Basically, Hurricane Floyd, because it was a low-lying area, it pretty much flooded and wiped it out. Um, and actually, that, that chain is making a comeback. I don't know if Kyle knew that or not, but it's a North Carolina chain. There's still one in Greensboro, um, not to get off topic, but they're going to uh, write an article. They're actually new investors. In okay. Their- what about, to my knowledge, the only hams left was in Greensboro also. That's correct. You remember when they were a popular chain? They yeah, made that- a mistake. Hams, we'll get off. We're going all over the place. Hams had a good concept. They did sandwiches. They did they 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 did this chips particular. and sandwiches, and, and you know they, they had a good concept. And then the the bar and grill became real popular. The the casual Chili's type place around 05. and they tried to change their format to that. And they should have just stuck with what they did: sandwiches and wraps. And it would and, and it came back. That 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 philosophy came back, and Ham screwed up. They 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 panicked. Yeah, that was the original Wilkerson Funeral Home, by the way, guys, where that location was in Greenville, uh, downtown. It's right near the library, Shepherd Memorial Library. But Justin was asking about Garrett Riley to Clemson as offensive coordinator. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, uh, he, 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 uh, he, Clemson had to do something with their offense. Um, it's an opportunity for Garrett to, uh, to show what he can do on his own now, obviously. Um, Coached under an office of guru there at TCU, so Garrett gets a chance really to paint his own picture now and uh, be interesting to see the air raid at Clemson. That's great because Clemson's defense is going to be, you know, it's going to be good. The, the problem the last couple of years has been offense. Garrett Riley is a tremendous mind, like his brother, older brother. So um, I think it's a great move for them. And, you know, hey, Clemson's tired of being, they haven't been in the big dance in the last couple of years. Hard to believe to talk about that, but. Um, not that Dabo is not a great coach, but 
You know, other teams are starting to catch up with them. Yeah, they still won the ACC. They did. Um, but uh, as far as uh, Clemson, that's what's going to make the 12 team. Speaking of the 12 team playoff, they should have been in the uh, in the playoff. No question about it. Not with the, with the current format. I'm just talking about. I've always thought the conference champions should be in the playoff, but that's a whole nother uh, show, as they say. But anyway, um, you guys, I know we're way, way long, but a lot of fun tonight. I appreciate you guys very much. Kyle, how are you feeling, man? Before we go, I wanted to uh, – we think about you a lot, and I know you've been uh, – It's a chemo week, so uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday always sucks on the chemo week. I start feeling a little better on Thursdays. A little bit more better on Friday, a little bit more better on Saturday. And then by the beginning of the following week, I'm getting back to normal. Um, I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm about a 6 tonight. I was probably about a 5 last night, about a pre-Tuesday night. And so it, it, it Tuesday and Wednesday is the worst days. And it, it tends to start improving on Thursday. But a lot of fatigue, a lot of nausea. I was able to eat normal food today, so that was good. Um, so it's always good when you can eat normal food. Are you um, going to do one more round, Kyle? Uh, I'm on round seven. Um, I'm either going to go, I'm going somewhere between eight and 12. Uh, I could stop at six. Uh, my, my oncologist would have me stopping at six, but I wanted to keep going. Um, I want to hopefully make sure this stuff doesn't come back. Um, so uh, I'm either going to go to 10, anywhere between eight and 12. Um, so I did round seven this time Round eight will be next time. So, uh, anywhere between eight and 12 and I can't do past 12, 12, 12 is, is, is the cutoff. So it's like a 12-round fight, if you will. Yeah, if I want to go all 12. I don't have to. I can, she was totally comfortable with me stopping at six, she being my oncologist. But uh, I want to keep going for now. And uh, supposedly it only increases my my, my chances of, of reoccurrence by a few minute points. But um, they're worth it to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've, you're, you're a real champion. You've been fighting really hard. We're really proud of you. Uh, we're always, you know, praying really hard yeah. for you. And, uh, and the side effects, there, there's other weird side effects, you know, and I'm, 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 I don't know if people want to hear about it, but, you know, I, I get cold sensitive. I can't drink anything cold. I have to drink room temperature. Um, my hands will tingle. My feet will tingle. I get neuropathy. It's, it's weird stuff. The cold sensitivity is really inconvenient because you'd be surprised when you go out to eat, telling people you don't want ice. All right, I want, I want tea, no ice. And then they'll still bring the tea out cold. Or, you know, you, you go in a convenience store and you're like, hey, do you have any Cokes that aren't in the cooler? It, it's weird things you have to do that you don't think of that and you'd be surprised. Like, you know, some places are like, no, everything's in the cooler. And other times, you know, they got a nice selection. But it's stuff you don't think of that you have to deal with. Yeah. That's, I was an exchange student in 1990 in Germany. And they had, it's weird because they, they have things room temperature. And I had to learn how to drink stuff like it. Just yeah, like- it, you know what? And soda's weird. Some sodas, uh, you actually, Coke, for example, is delicious room temperature once you get used to it. Yeah. Whereas like a diet sun drop, I'm sitting here drinking a diet sun drop room temperature and it's not very good. There you go. All right, guys. Well, do you have anything big plans for the weekend? And then we'll get out of here. Kyle, you doing what you up to, man? Uh, nothing planned. Uh, just going to take it easy this weekend and relax. All right, Matt, what about you? Yeah, I'm coaching a basketball game on Sunday, and uh, Giants in the playoffs, four o'clock. Uh, kind of looking forward to that a little bit. So. Yeah, there's uh, two things I'm doing this weekend. We'll be uh, well, three actually. We're watching. Uh, my two kids are playing Saturday. Alex uh, McKenzie has a game at nine. Saturday morning, Alex at eleven. So the basketball season, as far as games start on Saturday, the NFL playoffs. Obviously, our East Carolina Pirates men and women. 
and basketball. Uh, hopefully we can get wins there. And, um, and then Monday night will be great to see uh, Tom Brady beat the Cowboys. So that's sorry for my Cowboy friends out there. I love you, but there's just one team I can't pull for. <laughs> Anybody but the Cowboys. Yeah. Sorry, I love you guys, but that's just the one team. I just can't do it. And um, and it's really – I'm selling my soul to pull for Tom Brady. But uh, anyway, Matt, thank you, man, so much for coming on tonight. All right, brother. Appreciate you very good much. Good time, man. Thank you. We had a good time. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you very much. And as always, go Pirates. First down, every touchdown with the cannons blast. Get it on, get it all, get the wave going like the hurricane, y'all make.